Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown post-show for July 29th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday afternoons. Where Friday afternoons, where, where it may be the afternoon where you are, Friday evenings, wherever you may be. And no, I haven't had my whiskey yet. Haven't had my whiskey yet. Friday evenings, wherever you may be. You know, I love how everybody's excited about WWE and where we're going with WWE. Nothing dramatic has happened yet, but I feel it. I feel it in the air. 
I feel it in the air. That change is coming. I feel it in the air. That SummerSlam is going to be a halfway decent show on Saturday night. We will be live in the venue, as always, to cover uh, SummerSlam, Summer Scam tomorrow night. Should be an entertaining and exciting show. Lots going on. Triple H in charge. How much say is he going to have on what happens on the show? Who's going to return? Is there going to be a Bray Wyatt sighting? Is there going to be a Johnny Gargano sighting? Is there going to be a John Cena sighting? Is there going to be an NXT call-up? Will we see the return of Charlotte Flair? Will we see the return of Bailey? There's a lot going on tomorrow night, and I will be live to cover it also. I hope that you guys RSVP inside the beer garden tomorrow for what should be a very, very entertaining SummerSlam and a live stream afterwards. But I feel changes in the air. And today, Triple H was, and I don't know why I didn't catch wind of this. I should have been there. I wanted to go to Nashville. I did. But I opted to not go, and I opted to stay here at home and cover the show. But Triple H had a media scrum. Little media scrum. It's not... You know, two hours like Tony Khan does after all of the AEW and Ring of Honor shows. It was a little 20-minute thing. And he talked about the creative direction that is going to take WWE in. He talked about the tryouts in Nashville. Why Paul Heyman was handpicked to sit next to him during the tryouts. Watching the potential future of WWE right in front of them. This is all promising stuff, guys. All promising stuff. And Triple H, he says that he promises that the WWE, under his leadership, creatively, is going to be better than it has ever been. I don't know how that doesn't get you excited. I don't know how it could be any worse than what we were given under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. But this gets me excited. So we're going to start off the podcast tonight talking about Triple H and his comments out of this media scrum in Nashville after the tryouts had concluded this afternoon. So Vince McMahon, as you guys know, is gone. If I'm going to say this again, if you guys believe that Vince McMahon is running Gotham City from the fucking shadows, I don't blame you because there are quite a few people that do believe that Vince McMahon is still running the ship even with majority shares under his control. And I don't fault you for that. It may be in the conspiracy theory bundle, but I don't blame you for that at all. Part of me thinks that's still the case. I won't be shocked. It's Vince McMahon after all. So with Vince out, Triple H is head of creative. He's head of talent relations. He's going to be doing both. He did this in NXT. Everything went beautifully in NXT. Nick Houseman, this geek, Nick Houseman. I don't know how he's at all these places, man. Nick How? why am I not there? Nick Houseman, you know, the guy that I uh, ran, to, ran into uh, the last scrum that we were at for Double or Another. Oh, what, what, uh, what, what publication are you with? I'm JD from New York, bitch. I didn't say that, but I said it, you know, minus the bitch. He's like, oh, 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 oh okay. This is the same guy that asked Tony Khan during a fucking scrum about abortion laws and how he's going to handle that with the AWR. Get him out. Get him out, Nick Houseman. What a geek. A fucking clown is Nick Houseman. 
He asked Triple H, surprisingly, about creative. He asked Triple H about creative. And he said, and I quote, well, you got to watch the show. You got to watch the show. Levesque told Wrestling Inc., Nick Houseman, you got to watch the show. I do not dream for one second that I can fill those shoes by myself. It's going to take a lot of us. It's going to take a team. It's going to take everybody here to fill shoes and continue on, but we will. The intent is to continue the legacy of what has been going on, what made me fall in love with this business that Vince McMahon created, and to take it to new levels, end quote. Joining Triple H, filling these shoes that apparently Triple H will never be able to fill, and that is a fact. He will never be able to fill the shoes of Vince McMahon and what Vince McMahon has created here with all of the industry and WWE. Joining Triple H will be his wife, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan, co-CEO, alongside Stephanie McMahon. Many reports have suggested that Stephanie taking over is a positive for the company with several talents being very excited about this when she was originally named interim CEO back in June when the first allegation was leaked to the public with Vince McMahon under fire by the Wall Street Journal. The only way we're going to take WWE beyond where it is now is with a team, Levesque said. That's with Stephanie McMahon. That's with Nick Khan. That's with myself. That's with Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn named by Paul Levesque here. That's with everybody that is here. Let me go over those names. Let me go over those names that he mentioned. Obviously, his wife, Stephanie McMahon. Nick Khan, co-CEO with Stephanie McMahon. Himself, right? Paul Levesque is a part of the creative team, talent relations. Kevin Dunn, right? He's in charge of the show, producer of the show, executive producer of the show. There's one person that was omitted in that, in that list of names. There was one name that was not mentioned in that list of names, folks. Can you pinpoint who that name is that wasn't named? I'll give you guys about five seconds to come up with the name that wasn't mentioned in this quote by Paul Levesque. One, two, three, four, five. That name was Bruce Pritchard. Kind of odd that Bruce Pritchard wasn't named there, huh? Kind of ominous that Bruce Pritchard wasn't named in that list of executives there. If you need any fucking indication that Bruce has been demoted and his power is gone, that right there. Bruce is finished. And that brings a fucking smile to my face. That warms my fucking soul to no end. I love it. Bruce is finished. Hopefully fired at the end of all of this. Goodbye. Go back to Conrad, Bruce Pritchard. We don't need your services here anymore. Cry me a fucking river, all the fucking people on YouTube. Oh, how can you disrespect Bruce Pritchard? Fuck Bruce Pritchard. I love it. I can't wait to see. I'll pack his fucking bags for him. I'll go out and buy him a brand new fancy suitcase, man, with all the YouTube earnings, man. I'll buy him a fancy suitcase. I'll fucking knock on his door and I'll pack his bags for him. Love it. I'll even I'll even little I'll, I'll even leave a little mint in his fucking in his in his luggage, man. There you go, man. Bon voyage. Get the fuck out. So that's with everybody that is here. 
That is what all the talent, we have the greatest, hardest working talent in the world. And I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind with this team that we can do it. Not an inkling of a doubt. It's just a lot of hard work. And we're going to grind. We're all going to grind. Because we have the greatest fans in the world. And we are going to make sure that you get everything you want out of this product and then some. End quote. Triple H doesn't say that if he doesn't guarantee on delivering that. He did it before for many years in NXT. And he was very proud of what he did there. If you don't think that same mentality is coming to the main roster, then you're a fool. If you're not excited about that there, we're going to make sure that you get everything you want out of this product and then some. If that doesn't excite you and make you hopeful for the future, I don't know what will. Anything is better than what we've been given over the last how many years we've been alive with the same showrunner running the show. I'm excited. You guys are excited. Everybody's excited because for the first time, for the first time in decades, yes, we love the product, but for the first time in decades, we as a community are truly optimistic about what is about to happen with Triple H in charge of the creative team. Triple H is hoping to make WWE better than it has ever been. That's exactly what he is promising. There was a photo going around. I should have put it in the stream tonight. I wasn't thinking. There was a photo going around from the WWE recruit Twitter account that surfaced with Heyman sitting directly next to Paul uh, Paul Levesque, head of creative in WWE, head of talent relations, Triple H, signaling Heyman's involvement in discovering the next up-and-coming talents during his first media scrum since taking on Vince McMahon's role with creative. Triple H talked about why he involved Paul Heyman in this tryout, why Paul Heyman sat in next to him during the first day of these tryouts. Triple H says, and I quote, I want ideas from everybody. I want thoughts from everybody. To me, this is inclusive. That goes for the talent. When I say it's going to take all of us, it's going to take all of us. And I want that. Same mentality. Same mentality that Triple H had at the height of the black and gold. It was a family-orientated environment. That went from the locker room, that went into the performance center, the coaches, everybody on that staff, and everybody on Triple H's team, his managers, his agents, his producers, his creative. All inclusive. That goes for talents. It's going to take all of us. Triple H is not doing this by himself. Triple H is not leaving out anybody. Triple H is not going to run this administration like Vince McMahon, where it's all about what Vince wanted. And Vince writes the show when he's unhappy with what his legions of writers come up with, when he's unhappy with what Bruce Pritchard comes up with. Change. Change. We are already hearing change. We've yet to see it. Because this is his first week there and he's got to clean up Vince McMahon's mess. And whatever was on the shows this week was basically what Vince McMahon had planned already. 
change. He knows it's going to take a group effort. And all hands are on deck, including Paul Heyman. He says, look, Paul's one of the best promos in the history of the business. So who's better? When I asked him to be a part of this, he was thrilled. Who better to come here and talk about that skill? Paul has the gift of gab, always has. And who better to come here and motivate these kids? I don't know how you can argue with that. Who's better than Paul Heyman? Nobody. Nobody. During the same scrum, Triple H also made it clear that he will not be able to fill the massive shoes left by Vince McMahon. He also talked about team effort from WWE Creative, and the intent is to continue the legacy of what has been going on and to build off of it and enhance it. I don't want you guys to get that kind of misconstrued there. The legacy of what has been going on is intent is to continue the legacy. The legacy is producing the top-tier product that everybody comes to expect in WWE. And all the flash and the glam and the glitz, all of that stuff that comes along with it. It's Vince McMahon's legacy. Vince McMahon kind of buried himself in this sports entertainment genre. Triple H is going to continue that, but Triple H is going to do it his own way. Triple H is going to do a little bit of what brought him to the dance. What brought NXT to the forefront of the wrestling business in a lot of people's eyes. And that vision is going to be the vision that he takes to the main roster and leads the main roster with. You're going to see a lot of his ideas, a lot of his vision, a lot of his his story, a lot of his creative come through the same way you saw it on Black and Gold. I love it. Absolutely love it. And Paul Heyman sitting right there, you can't ask for anything better than that, man. You cannot ask for anything better than that. With Paul Heyman doing what he's doing, being asked by Triple H to sit in on this recruitment thing, being asked to lend a hand creatively. That's fucking, that is, you can't put a price on that. That is priceless. I love it. There was also a report that Meltzer talked about today. And he said, NXT is expected to somewhat, that's the key word, expected to quote unquote, somewhat, Return to Triple H's previous vision. Now, last September, they gutted the fucking show. It was a nightmare that I don't think anybody could have even dreamed of. WWE changed several things with NXT as it went from a gritty, focused, in-ring product with logic and storylines, continuity, featuring some of the best wrestlers in the world. It got transformed into 2.0 which focused on character creation, bright colors, and WWE main roster storyline and vibe. That's what they turned NXT into, 2.0. When WWE rebranded NXT 2.0, Triple H was away due to the cardiac event, obviously, but I've I've went over this several times. You you don't need to hear it again from me, but I'm just going to say it again. They blackballed him out of power. They manipulated him out of power. They put him in power, and they put him up against AEW. He failed up against AEW. They took everything away from him as a punishment. They wiped his legacy clean. Now it's just come full circle, man. This is the greatest 
story of karma that I think we've ever seen. Now Paul Levesque is taking over Vince McMahon's job along with his wife, and the main roster is without Vince McMahon for the first time in our lifetime. So yes, they did wipe away his legacy. Now he's got a new legacy to build upon, a greater legacy. And at the same time, he's going to somewhat, hopefully, revert NXT back to what we remember it being, a watchable show on Tuesday night. So, Triple H with his leadership in creative now, Meltzer talked about NXT and the belief in NXT that the product will revert back to somewhat of Levesque's previous vision of it. Meltzer noted that the belief was that while they will continue to heavily recruit top-tier talents, WWE would be open to using more experienced wrestling talent, and going forward, the door would be more open to better wrestlers who weren't as big or as good-looking as Vince McMahon wanted on the main roster. Shawn Michaels, he may be now fully in charge of NXT, and Bruce, we haven't really gotten any confirmation about Bruce's whereabouts in NXT. Bruce had the final say on everything in NXT. Everything. From who you see on television, to who wins, to who loses, to who is on television and pushed at a higher level, who's on the way to the main roster. Legitimately everything. Everything. That was Bruce Pritchard was very apparent in NXT. He was the one running the show. Shawn Michaels was a puppet. Shawn Michaels was a puppet on strings. He just sat there in gorilla taking orders from Vince. That's all it was. Now with Triple H in charge, Shawn Michaels may actually go back to running NXT. Shawn Michaels, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Shawn Michaels is actually in charge of NXT UK, if I'm not mistaken. That may have changed in the, in the time that, you know, you know, Triple H was there. He gave Shawn Michaels NXT UK to oversee that because he legitimately wanted his team to take over everything, right? I don't know if Shawn Michaels is still in charge of NXT UK, but it may be under Shawn Michaels now as far as NXT is concerned. And Triple H is going to now oversee that and actually have a say with Shawn on everything that happens with the show. Presentation, visual, talent-wise, who's on, who's not on, who, who from the PC gets put on the show, TakeOver maybe coming back. We don't know. We don't know. But that's also exciting as well. I don't really foresee those changes happening immediately. I think he's going to do what he's got to do on the main roster and then slowly integrate himself into NXT. So we'll see what happens. We got this Heat Wave NXT special coming up in a couple of weeks. Supposedly, they're running a premium live event Labor Day weekend. I want to see how well that goes with the two major shows happening that weekend already with Clash of the Castle and All Out. I don't know where NXT is going to fit into that. I would save it for the following week. I don't know why we need to do it on that wrestling week. It's almost as if they want to take away some of the buzz from AEW. If they're running it Sunday afternoon, right before All Out. I don't know. That really hasn't been confirmed by WWE whatsoever. But this is exciting. This is exciting. And I do believe Triple H. Some people in the community are very hesitant about Triple H. I don't know why. Triple H gave you some of the best Pro wrestling in the industry ever with NXT. And I do think he's going to change the main roster for better. I do hopefully think that he will change NXT and bring some back, some uh, of that grittiness that 
that just rugged feel of NXT, that adult-like program for NXT. I'm not saying that they shouldn't focus on characters and character development. I hope that stays. Because there have been some talents there that have really come along in the process. But I hope that it goes back to being a more adult-themed program. Instead of coming off like it should be on fucking Disney Junior. With the colors and the bright colors and the fucking pop music and the mainstream music. That's not what we want with pro wrestling. It's not what we, you know, associate with pro wrestling. So I do hope that it changes. And I do trust that Triple H will do what he says and what he intends to do with Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, and the team that he's putting together on the main roster. I do think that change will be imminent. So that news was exciting to me. That news was very exciting to me. And we're going to go over other SummerSlam happenings and rumors right now and what's going into tomorrow, which I'm kind of excited about. So we'll go over all of that right here on the podcast. And I want to thank you guys very much for joining me on this Friday evening, man. We got 2,500 in the beer garden. Thank you so very much, guys. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram. You guys blew up TikTok today, man. My fucking goodness. I put a clip up, a three-minute clip of my take on who I think Seth Rollins, if Seth Rollins is still a part of the show, which I do believe he is. I do think Seth Rollins is in Nashville is what was reported by SAP. If Rollins is on the show, I went over five names that could be Seth Rollins' opponent at SummerSlam. I uploaded that clip to TikTok today, man. 45,000 views. Over 1,000 new followers. Absolutely incredible. Incredible. You guys killed it. Everything you need as far as my social media is linked down below in the description of this very video. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages. And we're going to hang out and shoot the shit. You guys can ask me anything you want. You want to talk about tonight's show, SmackDown, Rampage. Get them on in. I see 705 likes. We need 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's OTS, SmackDown, and AEW Rampage post show right here on OTS. Hit that join button as well. We'll be live Sunday night, man. VIP chat only, members only chat for the flagship podcast, episode 438. We're going to go over all the week's news right here on OTS. So hit that join button and become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is linked on the homepage. We were live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. A couple of extras thrown in there as well. We went over the CM Punk story where he talked about Sasha Banks and Naomi and compared it to the Brock Lesnar walking out and then coming back situation. Talked about Seth Rollins and who his possible opponents could be at SummerSlam. Go check that out. Everything you need is on the homepage right now. And I am proud to say that tonight's our sponsor for the show, and this is a big one for me, man, and hopefully we can continue to do business. Tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings. 
Now, I know you guys are excited for SummerSlam. I know you guys are big wrestling fanatics. And I give you the wisdom to go and do something like this every single week, man. You guys have the opportunity to win $25,000 cash. And you can play for free. I want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring the show. I'm going to throw it to a quick ad for you guys. Listen to this, man. I want you to take advantage of this because I want them to be on the OTS team. I want them to be a part of the OTS family. You guys want to win $25,000? You can play DraftKings this weekend for free using code JD from NY. WWE's biggest summer event of the year is this weekend, guys. And to celebrate this historic event, DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE, is putting you in the center of the action with $25,000 up for grabs this weekend. That's right. Tonight's video is sponsored by DraftKings. Now, who doesn't want $25,000, man? Playing for your share of the $25,000 is very easy. All you have to do is go to DraftKings to sign up, and you're going to use my promo code, JD from NY, and you're going to enter the DraftKings free-to-play SummerSlam pool. Now, I know that you guys know how great this podcast is, and we're giving out the information on the daily for free. So you guys already know what's going to happen at SummerSlam. You're one step ahead. You're going to answer questions like who's going to make their return at SummerSlam on Saturday? Who's going to win that big championship match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in the main event? You guys already know what we do on this show, so it should be very easy for you guys to get a share of that $25,000. Once again, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code JD from NY to enter the free WWE Prediction Challenge with $25,000 up for grabs throughout the weekend. So make sure you guys use promo code JD from NY now and enter the free $25,000 contest only at DraftKings, an official gaming partner with WWE. How great is that, guys? We are today sponsored by DraftKings, and I want to thank them for being a part of the OTS family. SmackDown started off with a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. This match, the winner of this match, would go on to wrestle either uh, Roman Reigns. Almost forgot his name. Roman Reigns. That's how fucking useless this match is to me. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. The winner of that WWE Undisputed Universal Championship match will wrestle the winner of this match at Clash at the Castle in the main events in Cardiff. What have I told you guys about Sheamus? What have I told you guys about Sheamus, man? He is so good at what he does. So good is Sheamus. Everything that Sheamus does, man, you know, no matter how silly or how carny it is with the brawling brutes and Butch, let me at him, you know, Butch and uh, and Rich Holland and, and the repetition that we've seen the group go through, he always shines through. His in-ring work always shines through, man. Sheamus's body of work has been tremendous over the last couple of years, and it shows. It really shows. It also helps enhance Sheamus when he's in there with somebody just as good as, as him, if not better, uh, you know, than Sheamus in, in Drew McIntyre. 
And Drew McIntyre always brings that level of legitimacy to a match. He's always on top of his game. These are two very good professional wrestlers, man. I don't really have any problem with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I have a problem with the way that they've been booked because WWE can't book babyfaces like Drew McIntyre to save their life. And Sheamus, I feel, is very underappreciated and undervalued, and they don't really know how good he can really be. That's why I wish if they're going to keep them as a threesome, they would be perfect for the tag team division. Let's revert Butch back to Pete Dunne. Let's get him. You could keep him with the group. He fits the group perfectly. Just end the fucking gimmick. End the goddamn shit that they got him doing. Let me at him, Scoob! Reggie. We don't want that. We don't want him out there acting like a cartoon character. Pete Dunne. Let's revert him back to his regular name, please. Put them in the tag team division. Have them do the free bird rule like the New Day used to do. Sheamus and Butch. Sheamus and Ridge. Butch and Ridge. I think it would be great. I think it would be awesome. These guys, these guys got almost a half an hour to start SmackDown in what was called a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. There was whiskey barrels out there stacked on top of each other. There were shillelaghs laid about at ringside. There was a bar top set up with two bar stools and a pitcher of beer. I mean, listen, bro. Whoever set this up, man, you already failed as far as the aesthetics go. What, what, what type of beer was that? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What type of beer was that, bro? Looked like that was some watery fucking beer. Coors Light, Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors, Corona. What was in there? Seamus is from Ireland. That should have been a picture of Guinness. Ice cold Guinness. What are you doing? But then it would have been very sad if they poured a picture of Guinness and then the Guinness was... Uh, I guess, sacrificed in this match and spilled all, all over the floor. That wouldn't have been a good sight. I would have been very sad. I would have been very, very sad. It's a waste of good alcohol. Honestly, who doesn't love a good Guinness? Who doesn't love an ice-cold Guinness? I love it. So, 25 minutes, two commercial breaks. Fans were hot for this. Atlanta, hot Atlanta. Brought the great reactions tonight. So, like I said, they... Set up the ringside area to really make it feel like a Donnie Brook match. This was definitely a Vince McMahon idea. I can't imagine anybody on Triple H's administration using the word Donnie Brook. Donnie Brook. Definitely a Vince McMahon term. So McIntyre made his entrance. Sheamus ran out. Jumped McIntyre right during his ring entrance. Sheamus had the advantage until McIntyre nailed a beautiful-looking 
Michinoku driver for a near fall. Sheamus rolled to the outside, grabbed his first shillelagh of the match. McIntyre fought back, hit a back suplex, fought on our ringside for a little bit. There was a chant of, we want tables, we want tables. McIntyre produced a table from underneath the ring. Sheamus stopped McIntyre with the table, and then he said whatever he said to the crowd. He shit on the crowd. I don't hear you now wanting tables, huh? You ain't getting no fucking tables. I love it. Sheamus is so good. So McIntyre tossed Sheamus over the commentary desk, like I said, grabbed the table. Sheamus stopped him. And Sheamus set up the table at ringside, grabbed the shillelagh that McIntyre broke in half last week. Sheamus took over and beat McIntyre down with it. The 10 clubbing forearms that Sheamus usually does while his opponent is over the rope, he did double. He did 20 to Drew McIntyre. McIntyre regained control, threw Sheamus into the ring steps. Sheamus tried to suplex McIntyre onto the table or into the table, through the table, but he reversed. McIntyre continued to beat down Sheamus, threw him into one of the whiskey kegs. There was nothing in it. It was just a whiskey keg, but they are heavy regardless. So Sheamus was in control, and he took it to McIntyre with a chair shot to the back. Sheamus then wedged the chair in the corner. The chair eventually fell off the corner. They still used the corner spot anyway, and Sheamus went for white noise. McIntyre escaped. He threw Sheamus into what should have been the steel chair, but he went into the steel post and set. McIntyre ran wild with a belly-to-belly suplex, threw a bunch of chairs into the ring. McIntyre got back in. Sheamus threw one of the chairs in McIntyre's face. He went for white noise on the chair. McIntyre reversed. Future shock DDT on the chairs for a two count. So McIntyre was in control. Ridge Holland interfered because it's a no DQ match. Ran in and attacked him with a shillelagh. Sheamus then rocked McIntyre with a knee. He went for a cover, only got a two count. McIntyre recovered. He gave Holland a suplex into the table that was set up on the outside, broken half. McIntyre and Sheamus fought on the corner. McIntyre threw Sheamus off the top with a belly-to-belly. Sheamus avoided the Claymore and hit the Alabama, Alabama Slam for a near fall. McIntyre, again, in control, threw Sheamus into the mini bar that was set up on the outside. And it would have been funny if they had two people actually sitting there like a regular pub. But there was this black mini bar set up at ringside. All of a sudden, Butch jumps off a tower of beer kegs onto Drew McIntyre. Let me at him, Scoob! He's out there jumping all over the place. Sheamus broke. This was fucking brutal. This was not a prop chair. It looked like hard way. McIntyre looked like he was fucked up. Sheamus took one of these wooden bar stools. And he bashed McIntyre in the back with it, breaking it over his back. That looked like it sucked. Big time. Sheamus hit white noise off the top rope for a very close near fall. I love how they made you believe. This was only the first one. They made you believe that Sheamus was actually going to win this match. These two are so good together. This is awesome, Chance. Butch pulled out what looked to be fucking Gandalf the Grey's walking stick. This huge fucking shillelagh. I don't know where the fuck they got this thing from. McIntyre recovered. He took it to Sheamus with a glass cow kiss. He grabbed this huge shillelagh. He beat down Butch. He beat down Sheamus with it. McIntyre hit the Claymore on Butch. McIntyre caught him uh, with the Claymore instead. 
Sheamus, out of nowhere, blindsided McIntyre with a bro kick. And they had you believe that McIntyre was going to lose this thing. Sheamus got a two and three-fourths. Couldn't believe it. McIntyre kicked out. Sheamus went for the bro kick again. McIntyre caught him. He then powerbombed Sheamus through a table that was set up in the ring. Sheamus slowly crawled over for a shillelagh. One last ditch effort. He wanted to grab a weapon and try and beat McIntyre with it. McIntyre watched as Sheamus was struggling to get to his knees. Claymore kick. One, two, three. And that was it. Drew McIntyre is going to Cardiff. He's going to be wrestling at Clash at the Castle. And he's going to be wrestling either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar for the WWE Undisputed World Championship. Now, at the end of the match, McIntyre cut a promo with Kayla Braxton. And Kayla Braxton was in there. He took the microphone from her. We, we didn't really need Kayla. Kayla could stay there. She's good to look at. But McIntyre said, fuck this shit. I'm going to address everybody that I need to address right now. So McIntyre said, Sheamus, it didn't have to come to this. It did not have to result in what we did here tonight. McIntyre said that someone, someone has to take the title off of our part-time champion, and it's going to be me. All of a sudden, Theory ran out and attacked McIntyre with his briefcase from behind, beat him down. McAfee pointed out that Theory's from Atlanta, and he wanted to make a big splash tonight and show everybody in his hometown that is exactly what's going to happen at SummerSlam and he's going to cash this briefcase in tomorrow in Nashville. So the, the segment ended with Theory beating down McIntyre. This is not the first time that Theory and McIntyre have been in the ring together. They wrestled on Monday Night Raw in a singles match. It got turned into a tag team match that we saw on Monday. Theory was actually at the end of the show, and McIntyre Claymore kicked him to end the show as well. Gave him a claim more kick to end SmackDown tonight. They are clearly setting something up with Austin Theory and Drew McIntyre. What that is, I don't know. I don't know. It could be a multitude of things. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar tomorrow could see Austin Theory cash in. We could have a new undisputed champion Saturday night at SummerSlam. I don't think that's the way to go. Nor do I think Triple H is going to do that tomorrow night. I think that's a colossal mistake especially in this Triple H era, this new administration under Triple H. Austin Theory could win the championship. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that it could be a failed cash-in tomorrow and Drew McIntyre puts a stop to him. I could see that happen. I could see that happen more so than Theory winning the championship tomorrow night and cashing in. What I've been predicting, I have a feeling what I am predicting is going to happen. McIntyre is going to wrestle Roman Reigns in Cardiff. We know this. I know McIntyre and Lesnar had a stare down at the end of the show tonight. I don't think that's the match. They could very well do that. They could. And I could be wrong and we could all be wrong. And it could be a way to repay Drew McIntyre for wrestling Lesnar in an empty gymnasium in the middle of the pandemic. Because you know he didn't want that to happen. And it may actually result in him doing the same match in Cardiff in front of 60,000, 70,000 people and just repaying him back. Took them a little bit to do, but it could be that. But I don't think it will. I think Roman and Drew McIntyre is the way to go. I think Roman Reigns needs to fall. He needs to fall by somebody that is a full-time guy. Otherwise, the story doesn't make sense. Drew McIntyre is already calling to end the part-time reign of Roman Reigns. You don't want to have Roman Reigns drop the title to Lesnar. We built 700 days and both championships 
for Brock Lesnar? Give me a fucking break. That would be absolute creative malpractice. That would be terrible. I don't give a shit how legit or how beast Brock Lesnar is. How many accolades does Brock Lesnar need? We're not building Roman Reigns up for the last two years to have him fucking lose the title to Brock Lesnar. When Drew McIntyre, I don't even pick Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is not my first choice. He's not. Let's be real. Drew McIntyre is not my first choice. I would have done something completely different. Cody Rhodes would be my choice in this current state of WWE. I'd wait for Cody Rhodes to come back. But I feel like we need to take those titles off of him now. I don't think WWE is going to be able to take Roman Reigns into next year's WrestleMania on this part-time schedule. I think people are over and done with Roman Reigns. So McIntyre right now is our only realistic option. We could have did Seth Rollins. We could have did Seth Rollins. I would have loved to see Seth Rollins win Money in the Bank, cash in on Roman, and take the WWE title back to Monday Night Raw. I would have loved that. But we didn't get that. We got Theory parading around with a fucking briefcase. He's not going to cash in successfully. But I do have a feeling that WWE is going to do Drew and Roman in Cardiff. And Theory is going to cash in his briefcase in Cardiff. I don't know if that's the direction that they're going. I don't. But I could very well see them doing that in Cardiff. Maybe Dolph Ziggler stops him along the way. I don't know. Maybe John Cena. Maybe John Cena stops him along the way. And they plant some long-term booking in that Cena and Theory match. And it results in Theory and Cena at WrestleMania. But imagine Drew McIntyre beating Roman Reigns. Finally ending the reign of terror by Roman. Only to drop the title to Austin Theory in Cardiff. Imagine the heat Austin Theory would get by pinning Drew McIntyre after winning that title and ending the reign of Roman in front of 60,000 fucking people. I think that would be fucking cool. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but we could definitely see something along those lines. We could absolutely see, I'm going to throw this out there for you as well, we could see Drew McIntyre and him winning the championship away from Roman Reigns be the start of Austin Theory and Drew McIntyre for the title even when he fails to cash it in or if he fails to cash it in. That could be your first program on SmackDown. There's a reason why these two are in the same segments together. There's a reason why these two have crossed paths. Now, we could see Austin Theory make this shit tomorrow a triple threat match. We don't fucking know. We could see these two guys beat the legitimate shit out of each other. We could see Roman and Brock beat the shit out of each other. And Drew McIntyre and Austin Theory cash in the briefcase tomorrow night, thinking that he'll be the last man standing. He don't have to lay a finger on either one of them. Think about that. Imagine WWE. I could absolutely see Triple H do something like that. That's a Triple H idea. I could absolutely see Paul Levesque do something like that. And he would fail to cash in. Because at that point, it's a last man standing match, right? We, we haven't really seen many, if not at all, last man standing matches, triple threat matches, right? It's just out of the realm of fucking WWE booking. It would be new. It would be fresh. Maybe he cashes in. Maybe he cashes in, and while Roman and Brock are down, Drew McIntyre comes out and fucking levels him, takes him out of the match, and Roman ends up winning anyway, and that sets up Austin Theory getting out of the title picture for now. It's a possibility. 
It is a possibility. I would have went with Seth. I really would have. I would have went with Seth and winning the title and taking the title back to Monday Night Raw. So we will see what happens, but there is a reason why we have Austin Theory and Drew McIntyre crossing paths on WWE television. What that will result in, I don't know. Pat McAfee. Remember the subtle changes that I talked about on Monday Night Raw? There were were subtle changes on SmackDown tonight. It did feel like a Vince McMahon leftover show. But we got a a great 25-minute open Donnie Brook match. It's very Vince McMahon-esque, Donnie Brook. But Sheamus and Drew McIntyre gave you professional wrestling. They gave you a great wrestling match. Drew McIntyre was a part of a great wrestling segment on Monday. Wrestled Austin Theory, was in a tag team match, right, on Raw with Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. So they are relying on Drew McIntyre to be the leader here of whatever Triple H is doing. Looks like they position Drew McIntyre to be the number one babyface in the company. And that's what Triple H wants to really kind of lay the groundwork for. And the subtle changes that we got, we got wrestling on Monday to open the show. No bullshit promo, no fucking long-winded bullshit segment. Right into pro wrestling. Friday, right into pro wrestling. And we got these little inklings of of change. It it just felt different. So that felt different. Pat McAfee and, and Happy Corbin. We got Happy Corbin coming out there, waving a ticket, saying he bought a ticket to sit front row. Had a bag of popcorn with him. He had a poster that said loser on it, which is most of the people in the IWC. Loser. And Pat McAfee's fucking picture from his college days or his football days plastered on the picture. I thought this was a nice touch. Now, I don't really give a shit about the match. I think it's the same thing that they're doing with Pat McAfee like they did with Austin Theory at WrestleMania. But I like the subtle touch. Happy Corbin sitting ringside, throwing popcorn at Pat McAfee, annoying him while he has a job to do. He eventually... Jumped the barricade, and he went after Pat McAfee, and officials came out and broke up this little potential melee. Corbin got away from the officials and eventually got his hands on Pat McAfee and gave him a boot right in the dick. Low blow to Pat McAfee, and he sold it, and that's the way this segment went off the air. Corbin was yelling at McAfee, berating him at ringside, ends in a low blow. I thought that was great. Nice little, nice little just something there to build to their match on Saturday night. I'll take it. And the build has been very simple. It hasn't been over the top. It hasn't been anything too unrealistic. They didn't do anything, you know, that was comedic or or cheesy or lame. It's very simple. I'm actually looking forward to the match. I don't really give a shit about having Pat McAfee on the fucking show. I think that could be better served for somebody else on the roster. We could get a Ricochet or a Gunther on the show actually use our fucking roster to, you know, to develop storylines instead of using a fucking color commentator because he's got this big audience. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the vibe that I get with Pat McAfee and Logan Paul on the show. But I'm actually looking forward to the match because Corbin, no matter how fucking terrible Corbin's gimmick is and how boring Corbin is, Corbin's not bad. Corbin knows what he's doing in the ring. And Corbin might not be a fan of me, but Corbin is a solid in-ring guy. But Pat McAfee can go. And Pat Pat McAfee has made everything he's been a part of rather interesting. 
So I'm actually looking forward to seeing what these two guys produce on Saturday night. I thought this was a nice touch on SmackDown. We got Rollins recapped, attacking Riddle and injuring him. So Rollins, we don't know if Rollins is going to be on the show tomorrow. I would assume so. I think Sapp reported that Rollins was in Nashville. I don't know what he's going to be doing or if he's going to be on the show. But Rollins and his inclusion in the show is a very hot-button topic. Everybody has something that they want to say about Seth Rollins and who he is wrestling. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is the name that's on everybody's mind when it comes to Seth Rollins. Johnny Gargano actually addressed the SummerSlam rumors. Now, what I'm about to read to you is him on his Twitch stream. He didn't really outright say no. But he does kind of leave it open. If you guys want to ask me anything, I'll talk about it. I'll answer any questions that you guys may have. So he was on Twitch last night, and he knew exactly what type of questions would be thrown his way, being that Triple H has now removed Matt Riddle from the SummerSlam card. Why did Triple H remove Matt Riddle from the SummerSlam card? You guessed it, folks. Triple H wants to invest in a longer storyline with Riddle and Rollins. Triple H feels that Rollins and Riddles was put together. This is just me speaking. I feel like Triple H feels like Rollins and Riddle was put together for the sake of putting these two guys together because they had nothing else better to do on the show. Riddle's a great wrestler. Rollins is a great wrestler. Let's put them on the show and let them go 20 minutes and do what he and Cody did at WrestleMania. Nobody's really opposed to that, but Triple H has a different line of thinking. He wants to do this match in Cardiff, and he wants it to be four more weeks of build so that you're more emotionally invested. I can't blame him for that. I'm not going to criticize him or critique his line of thinking in regards to that. Triple H, folks, Triple H, I may have to get my boy Relic to do a new intro, man. We, we, we may be embarking. We could be potentially boarding the long-term booking ship with Triple H. It's a great thing. There are drinks and cold beverages served on this cruise ship, folks. This is somewhere that you're going to want to be. Long-term booking. I love it. He did it in NXT, and I fully expect him to do it on the main roster. Gargano. Gargano says this, and I quote, So you guys hear any good rumors lately? The comment section is going to be a wild one tonight. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Look, I know what to expect. The moderators, I'm sure, are going to be watching and deleting a lot of things. But I will obviously address the elephant in the room. You know the general rule on this channel. How this thing goes. I talk very openly about professional wrestling. I talk very openly about a lot of things. But if you're expecting to come here... And me to flat out say that I'm coming back here or I'm coming back there. I'm doing this or I'm doing that. That's not going to happen. Who's not obviously, you guys should know this. He's obviously not going to come out and say, yeah, you know what, man? With all the rumors that you heard, yeah, it's true. I'm wrestling Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Why would he do that? So he said, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen. So to save the moderators some time and effort here, if that is your question, I will answer a lot of questions. Ask whatever you want. Talk about wrestling. Talk about all that good stuff. I have no rules as far as that goes. But if you're going to ask me the questions, 
that I'm definitely not going to answer, to save yourself some time, ask me something better than that, and I will happily answer it. End quote. Now, one question that Gargano got that he did answer was whether he was in ring shape in case he had to hypothetically appear on television in the next 48 hours. Gargano said this, and I quote, I will say that I am about dot, dot, dot. I'm pretty much what I would like to call TV lean. I'm not takeover lean yet. Maybe an inside thing. He's not takeover lean yet. Maybe nothing. Johnny Gargano looked fantastic. All the takeover, Johnny takeover. He looked fantastic. He's not takeover lean yet. But I am TV lean to where I could show up on television at any point and I could be in good shape. I know that's going to take a life of itself that I'm saying this, but I'm being honest with you guys. I'm not going to say that I'm not. Johnny Gargano did not answer the question. And nobody should expect that Johnny Gargano will answer the question. But Johnny Gargano did not answer the question and he left it open saying that I will not be answering any questions that you guys have for me in, in, in anything regarding or something that pertains to SummerSlam on Saturday night. So, it could be. It could be. So, I said this on my extra yesterday. If you guys missed it, go check it out. It's on the homepage. Excellent 30 minutes for you guys to go and digest if you want some extra content. There are five names. Five names out there that I do think are a possibility for Seth Rollins if Seth Rollins is indeed on the show. Triple H put out a tweet. I hear you. Rollins said, they keep doing this to me. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Triple H says, I hear you. I hear you. It could lead to something between Triple H and Seth Rollins. Five names. Johnny Gargano is obviously one of them. Johnny Gargano would be my pick. Johnny Gargano versus Seth Rollins. Take my fucking money. Inject it in my veins. I'm here for it. I'm a Johnny Gargano mark. Everybody loves Johnny. Johnny Gargano is number one. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt could be the... And chosen one here. Shows up. Wouldn't be the first time he debuted at SummerSlam. Could be a new gimmick. Could be a new Bray. They obviously have a history. Could be Bray Wyatt. I know a lot of people want to see Bray Wyatt back in the WWE. I fully expect him to be back in the WWE. I don't think he's going anywhere else. Bray in WWE, I do think is happening. Gargano and Bray. Top two options. Wild card here could be a John Cena. They have SummerSlam history. 2015. You guys remember that? They have SummerSlam history. Could be John Cena. I don't think it's John Cena. I think John Cena is busy with whatever he's doing with Peacemaker. So he's a wild card. We could have AJ Styles. AJ Styles shows up at SummerSlam. He doesn't have a match. Rollins doesn't have a match. We get a 20-minute barn burner. Kind of boring. But it gets AJ on the show. Kind of boring, though. We've seen that match how many times on Monday night? It's nothing special. It's nothing new. But AJ doesn't have a match, which is criminal in itself. Could be AJ Styles, number three. We could get two NXT guys. We could get two NXT guys. We could get Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa could debut on the main roster. Him debuting in this match could have everything to do with Rollins and Reigns on Monday night. That little brief passing of each other. I will see you later. We're not done with that by any means. Solo Sokoa could be brought up to the main roster and it could be all facilitated by Roman himself, the bloodline, Paul Heyman. Solo Sico on the main roster. Debut him against Seth Rollins. There you go. Get him over in front of a main roster audience at SummerSlam. Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes. 
Carmelo Hayes has mentioned that he wants to wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Why not get the ball rolling at SummerSlam? All Triple H has to do is come on out and say, listen, you don't have an opponent. You took it upon yourself to beat down Matt Riddle. Nobody asked you to do that. You put him at risk of missing the show. You're to blame. So now it's up to me to find the replacement for Riddle, and I hand chose somebody. Could be Johnny Gargano, like I said, or it could be Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes could debut on the main roster. You give them 20 minutes, could be matching tonight. Introduce Carmelo Hayes. He is the North American champion. Yes, I understand that. But it wouldn't be the first time that a NXT champion would debut on the main roster and have a great match as NXT champion. The other wild card could be Edge. Now, we don't know what Edge is doing. Edge more than likely is not finished with Judgment Day. If Triple H or Edge have any say, they're going to tie up the loose ends with the Judgment Day angle before he moves on to anything else. But Edge and Seth Rollins, they do have a history. We could see that. All these vignettes with Edge, having him go into his past to kind of see his future a little bit more clearly. Rollins is definitely part of his past. We could see that match happen at SummerSlam and Edge returns, but we need to tie up the loose ends with Judgment Day. And in a Triple H administration, I don't think that's going to happen. I would take Johnny, number one. Carmelo Hayes would probably be my number two. Realistic options. I'd love to see Bray back. I do. I'd love to see Bray Wyatt back. But I do think at the end of the day, it's going to be someone like a Johnny or Carmelo Hayes. That is, because we're not sure yet. I would like to think that they add Rollins to the show. He's too big of a star to be kept off the show, along with AJ Styles and Gunther and everybody else that's not on the show. I do think that Rollins should be on the show. And if he is included, one of these five guys is more than capable of filling that spot for the night against Rollins filling in for Riddle. Santos Escobar. I see you guys mentioning Santos Escobar. I love Santos Escobar. I think Santos Escobar should be on the main. He should have been on the main roster a fucking year ago, year and a half ago. The whole fucking group should have been on the main roster. But it's not going to be Santos Escobar. Not going to be Santos Escobar. We will see what happens. So we move on. Kayla Braxton interviewed Theory. Theory bragged about attacking Drew McIntyre earlier in the show. He promised to cash in his briefcase tomorrow night, win the Universal title. Theory then says he will beat McIntyre, or, or Lashley, rather. He will beat Lashley at uh, Survivor Series SummerSlam to win the United States Championship. He will then beat McIntyre at Clash at the Castle. And Paul Heyman approached Austin Theory. He didn't really say much of anything, but he did approach Austin Theory like he has been. And Theory is very, very confident. So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Paul Heyman, not really saying much to Austin Theory. He said already what he has to say. You know, oh, yeah, future is bright. We like you. We like you. You you got a great future. But this is a mistake. This is a mistake if he plans to cash in at SummerSlam. Aaliyah. Versus Shotzi Blackheart. This was supposed to be Aaliyah versus Lacey Evans. That did not happen. Apparently, Lacey Evans was not cleared for in-ring action. I don't know what the problem was there, but I'm not complaining. I'd rather see Shotzi Blackheart any day of the week over Lacey Evans. So, Aaliyah was in control. Shotzi took over. Shotzi scored a near fall off of a Boston Crab. And Aaliyah fought back, made it to the ropes. 
Shotzi pulled her back. In the, yes, she she got a near fall uh, off of a Boston crab. She went for a pin. Okay. Aaliyah fought back and made it to the rope. Shotzi pulled her back in the middle. Aaliyah broke free. Aaliyah had a flying clothesline. Went for a two count. Shotzi regained control. Sent Aaliyah back into the ring from the outside. Shotzi then hits her. Never wake up. I don't know what the fuck it is. It looked like a DDT of sorts. Shotzi looked okay. She gets the victory. The finisher looked great. Shotzi looked okay, and Shotzi gets a victory here on SmackDown in three minutes. Shotzi is definitely somebody I'd like to be, I'd like to see pushed a little bit harder in the women's division in a Triple H administration. So hopefully that happens for her. And hopefully the women's division as a whole is a lot better than what it was under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. We got a recap of Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> You're smiling, Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. She wasn't on the show tonight, but we got a recap of her defeating Sonya Deville. In the back, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey were posing for pictures. They were doing photo shoots for SummerSlam. Natalia walked in and predicted Rousey will beat Liv in record time. Natalia told Rousey that she's the reason Liv beat her. Sonya walked in and said Rousey attacked her after Raquel already beat her. Liv called her a sore loser. They cut to the ring where Shotzi was gloating. She was about to take the microphone. And uh, Ronda Rousey's music played. Ronda Rousey. She's out there putting Atlanta asleep. Shotzi's in the ring wanting to cut a promo. And Rousey got in the ring. Judo threw Shotzi. Grabbed her by the arm. Took the microphone and said, bye Shotzi. She said, a lot of people are complaining they should be in the title picture. She stumbled over her words like she usually does. She told somebody that, I don't know who the fuck was heckling her in the front row. She said somebody in the front row on SmackDown tonight that her parents or their parents failed you or something like that. Something along those lines. I I don't remember what she said, but she she made fun of somebody calling them basically a failure. A failure in life. Ronda needs to be a heel. That's all that proved to me. Rhonda needs to be here. Uh, she, uh, she said, shut up. Your mom failed you. Shut up. Your mom failed you. Somebody was heckling her. She needs to be a heel. McAfee laughed. He said, uh, Rhonda buried somebody in Atlanta tonight. I don't know if I'd call you or call that a burial, but whatever the case may be. She called Liv Morgan out to the ring. We got Liv Morgan and Rhonda Rousey. Rousey. Against Natalia and Sonya Deville. I don't know why this match took place. I, I don't. I really don't. I would have given more time to Aaliyah and Shotzi. I would have given more time to the fucking New Day versus Viking Raiders. I don't know why we, we needed this match tonight. But this is one of those things. There was something in this match that I liked. Something in this match that I liked. So this match went, uh, how long did this match go? This match went uh, 12 minutes. Can they coexist? This is Vince's leftovers. Can they coexist on SmackDown? Got Ronda and Liv. We're in the SmackDown women's title match tomorrow night. Teaming up tonight against Natalia and Sonya Deville. This was not good. This is why I said this match should have never happened. Vince's leftovers. This is Vince's sloppy seconds. 
I'm assuming this show was already booked, just like Monday Night Raw was already booked on Monday. Story revolved around Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey not getting Can they coexist? No. No, they can't. Morgan refused to tag out. It's the only thing I liked about this match. To me, they needed something to sell you on in this match in regards to Liv Morgan's character. Liv Morgan wants to do it on her own. She doesn't want to have to rely on anybody to beat Ronda. She doesn't want to rely on winning this match by tagging in Ronda. I like it. I like it. It opens up a character trait in Liv Morgan that we now have and and can apply to the match on Saturday night. Liv doesn't want any help. She doesn't want any help. She doesn't want interference. She wants to do it on her own. She wants to win or fail on her own. I like it. Good. That's what makes a competent babyface. We don't need babyfaces being booked to cheat We don't need baby faces being booked to look weak. She wants to do it on her own. Fine. Good. Let her do it on her own. Ronda ended up tagging in anyway because Liv didn't want to tag out. So at the end of this match, the heels were in control. Isolated Morgan. We want Ronda. We want Rosie. Chance. Natalia went for the sharpshooter. Morgan broke free. Morgan almost made the tag. Hit a code breaker. Morgan went for the pin. Instead of tagging Drowsy, the heels regained control. Back Morgan into the corner. So Morgan fought back. She broke free. She crawled over to Drowsy. And she had the chance to make the tag. And she did not. Morgan instead went to go hit Oblivion, her finishing move on DeVille. She missed. The heels took control again. Morgan broke free again. Drowsy tagged herself in. Ran wild on the heels, big clothesline, step up knee, and a Piper's pit on DeVille. The finish came when Morgan hit Oblivion on Natalia, and Rousey locked on the ankle lock on DeVille for the win. It's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. Match sucked. Didn't really care for it. And it doesn't really give me high hopes that tomorrow's match with Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey are going or is going to be good. I don't know, man. I'm expecting a very, very, I would say, lackluster match. Now, you guys may be Liv Morgan fans, but I'm not really expecting much out of anything coming out of that match. Ronda Rousey is not a ring general by any means, and neither is Liv Morgan. You're going to have two fucking dance partners with four left feet in that match. I'm expecting disaster. I'd be shocked if they produce a halfway decent match. But I don't think that Ronda is winning the title tomorrow night. I don't. I, I, I think Liv walks out. And with all this, oh, Liv can do it on her own. Liv wants to do it on her own. I honestly think that Charlotte Flair is going to come back. Charlotte Flair is going to come back. Charlotte Flair is going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. She's going to be there. She's going to be there because her father's wrestling his last match. So Charlotte Flair is going to be in Nashville, and I think she shows up and costs Ronda the title and helps Liv Morgan win, which Liv will get angered. She will get angry, and then we will get a triple threat match going into Cardiff, and Liv and her title reign will be over. That is my prediction. That is my prediction. This this shit sucked. Please, no more of these makeshift tag team matches on Friday night or Monday night. 
We got Jeff Jarrett, J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T. Jeff Jarrett's out there. This was actually the best segment of the entire show, in my honest opinion. Street Profits are out there with the Usos. Jeff Jarrett's in there moderating. He's got a microphone in hand. Said he wanted to get the four of these guys together. So, well, they're really five, but you know what I mean. He said he wanted to show them how serious he is about his role as special guest referee. Jay asked if it's a DQ, if I punch Montez in the nose so hard he bleeds again like he did on Monday. There was a rumor going around that Montez might not even be able to make SummerSlam. That he might have had a broken nose. He was knocked silly on Monday, but he's all right and cleared to go. The match is on. Jimmy then asked Jeff if he can hit both of these guys with the belts. Would it be a DQ? Angelo then asks Jeff Jarrett, Double J, is it a DQ if I hit Jimmy so hard that he comes back with his face paint on and then they start doing the old Uso dance? I thought that was great. I LOL'd at that. Prophets are yelling and they tell the Usos that we want the smoke. Very, very animated were all four of these guys. This should be a tremendous match tomorrow. I honestly think with Triple H in charge, these guys under Triple H's administration, they're going to go out there and try and burn the fucking house down, man. They're going to try and one-up FTR and the Briscoes. Mark my words. Mark my words. They're going to try and go out there and produce the best tag team match of the entire year. It will not be because it's going to be something that falls short of what we got with FTR and Briscoe's one and two, but Triple H is going to try. And he's got two of the best tag teams in the industry right now in the Street Profits and the Usos. So it's commendable for him to try, but he's going to let these guys go out there and fucking tear the house down. I know he is. Jazz stepped in between all four of these guys and said, They certainly have creative imaginations. He says he's not there to contain them. He says he's there to let them run wild because his only job is to count shoulders down to the mat. He said that's tomorrow night. As far as tonight goes, it's obvious they have some outstanding issues. He said if one of them feels froggy, how about one of them jumps another? So obviously Jeff Jarrett was kind of initiating a fight here, even though he shouldn't have because he's an official. So, Jarrett got caught in the middle of this brawl. They did end up brawling. He got caught in the action, ended up eating a super kick by Jay Uso. Jarrett sold the living shit out of this super kick, man. It looked great. So, he got in the way. Uso's like, Uso, this is on me. It's my fault. It's my fault. Profits were shocked. Jimmy was mad at Jay. Jarrett got a super kick. Jarrett gets up, he shoves the Usos against the ropes. Dawkins shoulder tackles both guys outside. Montez hits a Superman dive over the ropes. And that was pretty much the segment and how it came to a close. Perfectly fine segment to kind of get tensions boiling before SummerSlam. Should be good, man. Very much looking forward to it. I am looking forward to this, and I am looking forward to seeing what they do with Seth Rollins, if anything. On Saturday night. Maxine Dupree. Maxine Dupree is back on SmackDown. 
leading Mansois and Marseille in the maximum male models. Now, there was a report last week that Dupree, Max Dupree, L.A. Knight, was said to have rubbed some people wrong in the back. He rubbed people the wrong way and was unbooked at the last minute last week on Friday Night SmackDown. Now, although Marseille and the Mansois were on board with the storyline, Dupree had some reservations about things and scripts were changed. This was a storyline that Vince McMahon was fully behind. It was all Vince McMahon's idea. McMahon had worked with Dupree on his promo and how he should sound because McMahon did not want him to sound like L.A. Knight in NXT, which was a mistake. Everybody knew it was a mistake. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer reported that Dupree being removed was a Vince call made after one of the early segments of the deal when Vince blamed the segment on Max Dupree and how bad his delivery was on the lines. Vince didn't like his delivery of the lines that he wrote for Max Dupree. And apparently he also spoke out about how the scripting sounded and he didn't like what he was saying and he didn't like it. He thought it sucked. He thought it sucked. Now, with McMahon now retiring and Triple H taking over creative, everybody's like, oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get Max Dupree going back to LA Knight, and LA Knight's gonna be back on the main roster, or maybe Triple H brings Max Dupree back on SmackDown. We didn't get LA Knight, but we got Max Dupree back on SmackDown tonight. Maxine Dupree was with her maximum male models. They were unveiling the swimwear collection. Triple H is in charge of this show, and they only filmed a backstage vignette. This was not done in front of the live audience. Thank fucking Christ. This wasn't done in front of the live audience. They got the SummerSlam swimwear collection, and she described the clothing with a voiceover over them posing in front of the camera with these camera shots of them posing. Max Dupree enters the picture stands next to his sister, quote-unquote, Maxine Dupree. McAfee says, what? He says he's still scouting talent. Max Dupree is still scouting talent. So, A, it's good to see him back on television because I think he is a valuable asset if you want to put him on the show. I don't necessarily think they should put him in this dead gimmick But it's nice to see him back on the show. He worked with Levesque in NXT. So clearly he's back. And Paul Levesque, Triple H, probably spoke him into coming back to the company. So he's obviously getting another chance to make this right. I don't think he's needed for this. Everybody is much rather in agreement here, I would say, to look at Sophia Cromwell than Max Dupree. I don't know why we just don't take him off TV for a little bit, have him come back as LA and I, and boom, boom, boom. Nobody will even think otherwise. Nobody will even question you. But this is not a Triple H administration gimmick. This storyline sucks. If there's one thing I want Triple H to get rid of on this show, it is this fucking group. Of course, Mansoor and Mace, Mansoir and Marseille, of course they're on board with the fucking storyline. They had no TV time going into it, of course. They're getting TV time. Of course they'd be on fucking board with it. But this is below Max. This this is below LA Knight. We all know it. He knows it. Triple H knows it. Get rid of it. 
This is exactly what they were going to do. This is exactly what we all talked about. This is exactly what I said word for word. On this very show, they will use this shit. They will try and get it over. It's a Vince McMahon thing. They will try and get it over, and it will fail, and they will blame Max Dupree. They will blame LA Knight, and that's exactly what they did. Vince was blaming him because he didn't like the delivery of the fucking lines. Meanwhile, the shit that's being written for him to say sucks. No, but it's his fault. It's a Vince McMahon idea. And you got a guy that's mega uber talented reading fucking line who can cut a promo. And you're telling him he sucks at it. And then he's telling you it sucks. It's not me. It's you. It's this shit that you're giving me. Get rid of this shit. End it. Bury it. Burn it. Triple H should be burning the fucking script that this shit is written on. What a joke. The Viking Raiders. Another thing that we got to get rid of. The new and vicious Viking Raiders. There's nothing new and vicious about them. Nothing. The Viking Raiders. Against the New Day. This match went seven minutes. We got a fucking shit tag team match with the women. That shouldn't have been on the show. Could have given this more time. Or Paul Heyman more time at the end of the show. So this match went almost ten minutes. Viking Raiders and New Day had a good tag team match. New Day came out. No New Day shtick, no dancing, no fucking gyrating, no costumes, no jokes, no lame, cheesy lines. They went out there and wrestled. Another subtle change to the adult-like SmackDown or the adult-like theme that hopefully is coming to the main roster. I love it. I think it's great. No cringe New Day on the show tonight. New Day took the early advantage. Kingston went for a hurricanrana. Couldn't connect on it. Raiders took over. Took Kingston into their corner. Ivar tossed Kingston out of the ring. Splashed him against the barricade, which looked like it sucked. Raiders were in control. Kingston fought back. Woods got the hot tag. Woods ran wild. Side rushing leg sweep on Ivar. Woods hit a tornado DDT off the second rope. Went for a cover. Got a near fall. Eric briefly took over. New Day regained control from Eric. Kingston rolled up Eric for a near fall. Eric... Fought back, took it to Kingston with a big knee. Viking Raiders then hit a, a double powerbomb for the one, two, three. On Kingston. Kingston was pinned. After the match, the Viking Raiders grabbed their shields and a chair in the timekeeper's area. Woods got back in the ring to protect Kingston. Instead, Ivar, he pilmanized, or Eric and Ivar, pilmanized Xavier Woods' ankle, his reconstructed ankle, with the chair as they smashed their shields onto the chair and they threw Kingston out of the ring. So they pulmonized Wood's leg with the shields and Kingston was beaten up. I don't know. Crowd seemed a little indifferent to this. The new and vicious Viking Raiders may be vicious. They're not new. They may be vicious, but they're certainly not over with the crowd. I don't think this heel turn is doing them any favors. I don't think this heel turn is really doing them any favors at all. Triple H had built these guys up as fucking legit. These guys could have had, if Triple H was fucking booking this shit from day one, Triple H with the War Raiders could have had a fucking legendary tag team. They could be doing what FDR is doing right now. But they're not. They're wearing kilts and fucking fur skirts and they got fucking shields and they got face paint and they, they come out 
with fucking generic uh, Viking horn theme music. This is barely the vision that Triple H had. The new and vicious Vince McMahon Viking Raiders are not getting over. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was the last thing that we saw on this show. He was in the middle of the ring. He began to introduce himself. The fans finished his line for him. He says he serves as the special counsel for the tribal chief. He said, for 35 years, no one has gotten to 700 days as heavyweight champion. He said, Brock Lesnar wants to be the spoiler. He said, over my damn dead body. He said, Reigns is going to put Lesnar down for 10 seconds and then stand over a victimized Brock and hold both titles in the air and be the last man standing. And we will all be done with Brock Lesnar once and for all. So Lesnar walked out. He showed up to work tonight. He was professional, was Brock Lesnar. Lesnar walked to ringside. Heyman was uh, smiling and offered Lesnar the mic. Lesnar did not accept it. Heyman stepped back. Theory, out of nowhere, attacked Lesnar from behind. And Pat McAfee yelled, what a moron. For attacking Brock Lesnar, Lesnar brushed it off. He suplexed Theory around the ring, and he was destroyed by Brock Lesnar. He rolled out of the ring. In the aisle, Drew McIntyre, Claymore's Austin Theory, and that's the way the show goes off the air with Drew looking up at Lesnar, teasing a potential rematch at Clash at the Castle. SmackDown wasn't... Overly offensive, like it usually is. Still wasn't good. Wasn't overly offensive, like it usually is. There were a couple of things that I did like on the show. I did like the direction of the Viking Raiders. They did beat the New Day clean. Liv Morgan wanting to do things on her own. Not wanting to tag in Ronda. Ronda was a little bit more intense. I hope that leads to a heel turn at some point. Ronda needs to be a heel. Realistically, in my perfect world, Ronda would be heel and Paul Heyman would be speaking for Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey needs a special counsel, and Ronda Rousey needs Paul Heyman. Simple as that. So we got the Viking Raiders looking good. Indifferent the crowd may be, they still look good. Liv Morgan, that little storyline arc there going into the match with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey looking intense. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre having a very, very good match. The happy Corbin, Pat McAfee build. The Austin Theory tease with McIntyre. The Austin Theory tease with uh, Lesnar and Reigns. Triple H is doing what he can with the Vince McMahon mess that he was given. Hopefully at SummerSlam and beyond, we start wiping that slate clean slowly but surely, and we get Paul Levesque doing what he's got to do to make WWE a better place for us on Monday and on Friday. SmackDown wasn't as offensive it was as, as it usually has been. Wasn't terrible by any means, but it still wasn't good. And I'm very much looking forward to SummerSlam on Saturday night. Guys, we got 2,600 people in the venue, man. We got Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Make sure you guys get them on in. No doubt about it. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. We're going to go over the Rampage stuff very, very, very quickly, man. I don't want to spend too much time on Rampage because uh, it was honestly a nothing show, but there are a couple of things that I do want to point out to you on Rampage. Get those likes in, man. I need uh, 1,000 likes minimum. We're almost there. Seven likes. I need seven likes. So get them on in. 1,000 minimum on tonight's live stream. 
Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, OTS Extra. Go check that stuff out. All on the homepage. Go follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. It's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Cameo. Great partner with Cameo. I will be live tomorrow night for SummerSlam. Or what time is it now? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I will be live tonight for SummerSlam. Tonight for SummerSlam, we will be in the OTS Beer Guard. I'm expecting 4,000 minimum. So you guys better RSVP for the podcast tomorrow, man. We'll be live right after the show is over. Tonight, once again, sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings is sponsoring tonight's show, man. And again, I want you guys to go to the link that I've provided for you in the live stream chat, pinned at the very top. You guys are going to use code JD from NY. Enter for free with a chance to win $25,000 this weekend in their SummerSlam Prediction Challenge. Once again, I want to thank DraftKings for once again sponsoring the show tonight on OTS. WWE's biggest summer event of the year is this weekend, guys. And to celebrate this historic event, DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE, is putting you in the center of the action with $25,000 up for grabs this weekend. That's right. Tonight's video is sponsored by DraftKings. Now, who doesn't want $25,000, man? Playing for your share of the $25,000 is very easy. All you have to do is go to DraftKings to sign up, and you're going to use my promo code, JD from NY, and you're going to enter the DraftKings free-to-play SummerSlam pool. Now, I know that you guys know how great this podcast is, and we're giving out the information on the daily for free, so you guys already know... What's going to happen at SummerSlam? You're one step ahead. You're going to answer questions like who's going to make their return at SummerSlam on Saturday? Who's going to win that big championship match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in the main events? You guys already know what we do on this show, so it should be very easy for you guys to get a share of that $25,000. Once again, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code JD from NY to enter the free WWE Prediction Challenge with $25,000 up for grabs throughout the weekend. So make sure you guys use promo code JD from NY now and enter the free $25,000 contest only at DraftKings, an official gaming partner with WWE. Once again, guys, I want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring today's show. Today's live stream right here for the SmackDown and Rampage post show on Off the Script. Code JD from NY. Rampage was taped in Worcester, Massachusetts on Wednesday after Dynamite. Jim Ross, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Chris Jericho were on commentary. I quite like the same team from Dynamite to do the show. Sounds a little bit more uh, important. When Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone are on the show. And Rampage tonight, it felt a little different to me. 
don't know if you guys felt the same way, man. Rampage felt a little different to me. Rampage, normally what AEW has been doing, they've been doing the intros or the entrances on YouTube, and then it leads into the show because Tony Khan packs these shows with so many matches in one hour. It's like boom, 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 boom. Nothing is allowed to breathe. It's one segment after the other. We go into the next thing, into the next thing, into the next thing, into the next thing, and before you know it, it's fucking over. The quickest hour in pro wrestling, right, they call it. I can't even begin to tell you how happy I was to see the best friends get a fucking ring entrance tonight. Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt got a ring entrance tonight. We got the two teams in the six-man tag that opened this show, got two entrances. Bell rang, ding, 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 and I didn't feel I was on a fucking roller coaster going a thousand fucking miles an hour. Now, I don't know who listens to this portion of my fucking show. I know Jesse and I have talked about it on Wednesdays. Tony Khan has to slow shit down. Tony Khan has to allow things to breathe. He's still making the proper adjustments. Dynamite was allowed to breathe on Wednesday. Hopefully he realizes this moving forward. I would have let Will Hobbs and his heel turn breathe a little bit more on Wednesday, but that is something that he's just going to have to fix for the next time. He went right into the next segment after Will Hobbs turned on Ricky Starks. Two ring entrances. Bell rang. Ding, ding, ding. We got a seven-minute trios match here. How much better did the fucking show feel without hearing the Rampage theme music and then right into the ring action? This is Rampage. Excalibur's doing whatever he's got to do. Show went off with fireworks. We got ring entrances and the bell rang and had a normal fucking match. That's the way it needs to be. And he still fit four matches on the show. He still fit enough on the show in the one hour. And he had the ring entrances. He had pyro. He had the whole theme music going on. I love it. That's what it needs to be. I am so over the fucking boom, boom, boom. Rush, rush, rush. Oh my God, I got a bloated roster. I got so many people I got to keep happy. No, you need quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. That's what needs to be done. As a fan myself, and as a host of this show, for as long as I've been doing it, that is the best I've felt, Rampage has felt and looked in months. That needs to be more of an every week thing. Just throwing that out there. Orange Cassidy, best friends beat Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh with Sanjay Dutt. Very WWE-esque here with Sanjay Dutt wrestling in fucking his suit don't like. I hate it when they do it on Raw. They do it with MVP. They do it with Miz. I don't like it. It's very WWE-esque. I don't like it. So, we got Cassidy hitting a tornado DDT on Lethal. Lethal got the hot, uh, got the tag on uh, on Dutt. Dutt tried with Cassidy and he did the high impact kicks. Cassidy broke his pencil. Hit Dutt, uh, Asanjay Dutt with the orange punch and got the win. That's pretty much it. I could see the best friends going into the trios tournament and really having a nice go at it, especially with Orange Cassidy. Especially with the crowd behind Orange Cassidy, I could see them having a decent tournament for themselves. After the match was over, Singh took out the best friends and Jay Lethal laid out Orange Cassidy, which was booked for Dynamite. Very much looking forward to that match. Took him out with a lethal injection. Wardlow came out to stop the beatdown and chased the heels away. Wardlow possibly teasing a match 
with Jay Lethal. Sign me up. I think that would be excellent. Jay Lethal versus Wardlow is something that I didn't really even think about. Give it to me. Let's start building to it. I think that would be tremendous. And that would be a great way to get Wardlow off and running with a solid TNT title run. Ethan Page beat Leon Ruffin. This guy's a former North American champion in NXT, by the way. Not sure if you guys realize that. Yes. Leon Ruffin is a former North American champion. You know, the same championship that Johnny Gargano held. Same championship that Adam Cole held, right? Keith Lee. Yeah, Leon Ruffin. This match was a rematch from Dark. Jesse knows about that. I don't give a shit. Ethan Page destroyed this guy with a ego's edge. Goodbye. Get him off the show. Lexi Nair interviewed Cole Carter. This is uh, Troy Two Dimes Donovan. Two Dimes dumped over the bridge. Tony D'Angelo rode him off television, man. He killed him. Threw him into the East River. Tony D. Lexi Nair interviewed Cole Carter. Interrupted by QT Marshall and the factory. Marshall offered Carter a spot in the factory. They made a joke about him sleeping with the fishes. I guess it's funny if you uh, watch NXT. I, I get a chuckle out of it, you know, because I watch that fucking shit. And uh, maybe uh, maybe he joins the factory. I don't know. A lot of people say he's got a great look. Maybe he could use QT Marshall's uh, expertise and knowledge. Might, might not be too bad for him. Lee Moriarty defeated Matt Seidel in about seven minutes. The main thing out of this match was Stokely Hathaway came out to observe at ringside while Seidel tried to climb the ropes here. Moriarty sold an ankle spot, and Hathaway was on the outside. He tried to interfere, but that didn't really work out for Moriarty. Still, Moriarty got a DDT for a near fall, locked on the Border City stretch, and got the submission victory. After the match is over, Hathaway got in the ring and gave Moriarty his business card. Stokely is doing some recruiting of his own. Should be a good one for Moriarty. I think him and Stokely should be a decent pairing. Britt Baker cut a promo about her match with Thunderstorm on Wednesday pretty much claiming that uh, Thunder Rosa is uh, not the champion that everybody wants and her reign is going to come to an end and how Tony Storm is an idiot for befriending, uh, befriending Thunder Rosa when Tony Storm should really be eyeing the very title that Thunder Rosa is holding right now. And Thunder Rosa is uh, pretty much trying to keep her uh, toughest challenge close at bay because she knows, says Britt, that Tony can take that title any day of the week from Thunder Rosa. So Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, man, when are we getting part three? Seems like it's definitely an inevitable thing that we're going to get Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa for the Women's Championship. I don't really care for it, but seems like we're getting it. Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He interviewed Claudio Castagnoli. Castagnoli. How do they say it, man? Castagnoli? They usually put an emphasis on the uh, Castagnoli. Claudio! I like... uh, the Ring of Honor t- a title around his waist. I think it looks great around him. And Claudio thanked the fans, chanting, you deserve it. Brought out the Ring of Honor pure champion, Wheeler Yuta. William Regal was out there. Before Yuta could speak anything to the crowd. And 
Jericho, obviously, you guys know, is embroiled with John Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club. Jericho got up to address the Blackpool Combat Club, and he was trying to shut up Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta told Jericho to shut up. Yuta was confident that he could beat Jericho so much that when Jericho offered him the match, Yuta turned him down. Yuta was like, I can beat you. Jericho's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Then he's telling the crowd and yelling at the crowd, I can beat him. I can beat him. Yuta's getting the crowd on his side. I can beat Chris Jericho. He's asking Claudio and William Regal. William Regal's like, yes, that Wheeler Yuta could beat Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was so upset that he challenged Wheeler Yuta and said, I'm going to put my title match against Moxley on the line because I know I can beat you. If you want to wrestle me, right, if you want this match with me, and you're saying, no, let's up the ante. I'm going to put my title shot against Moxley on the line against you. If you beat me, you get John Moxley. So Wheeler Universe, John Moxley could be a thing, but it's not. Wheeler Universe, Chris Jericho on Wednesday's Dynamite. Winner gets John Moxley at Quake by the Lake. And we all know Chris Jericho is going to win that match. There's no reason to believe that Chris Jericho is losing that match. Long segment, but it was entertaining. We got the Acclaim's new rap video. It's called Trash Day. So we got uh, the acclaimed rapping around a garbage truck and a dumpster. The acclaimed are going to face off. And the whole reason for this was because they had to watch the video. They had to listen to the acclaimed lyrically bury them. And then in the video was going to be the match that they were going to unveil that they want to wrestle the gun club in. The match that the acclaimed want the gun club in, being that the title of this video was Trash Day, is a dumpster match. I love this. You guys don't know how great this is. One of the most memorable matches for the New Age Outlaws, for Mr. Ass himself, Billy Gunn, and D-O-double-G, oh, you didn't know, is a dumpster match. Remember the dumpster match with the New Age Outlaws and Mick Foley, Terry Funk, Terry Funk as Chainsaw Charlie? That's what we're getting at. I love it. I fucking love it, man. I don't know who's involved with this, if it's Billy Gunn himself or it's Tony Khan being a fucking nerd himself, knowing this fucking shit that nobody else should know. I know it because I remember it vividly. I loved it. And we're getting a dumpster match between the acclaimed and the ass boys. I love it. I love it. Whoever thought of that idea, I tip my cap to you, man. Brilliant. Such good shit. Battle of the Belts. Battle of the Belts was announced next Saturday. I won't be doing a review on it. We'll talk about it on Sunday show. We're getting Claudio versus Konoshke Takeshita. Oh my God. That is going to be great. That is going to be great. Claudio versus Takeshita for the Ring of Honor title. Take my money, bro. Take my money. We got Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal announced. Powerhouse Hobbs in action. Wheeler versus Jericho should be a very good dynamite. We got Thunderstorm versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa with Jamie Hayter in the same match. Tony Brown somewhere is in euphoria right now with all the booty meat. About to be showcased in that match. Anna Jay, she defeated Ruby Soho in the main event. This wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. I did read a report that 
there was a lot of people. There were a lot of people leaving Rampage during the taping, during this match in particular. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Don't know how I really feel about Anna Jay going over Ruby Soho, but it is what it is. Soho went for Destination Unknown. Jay countered into a gory special. Jay went for a choke. Soho countered with a roll-up. Soho hit the no future for a near fall. Then she went and sent uh, Jay uh, out of the ring. Jay dodged whatever she was going for. Jay took off the wristbands, threw them down. This distracted Aubrey Edwards. Jay grabbed Soho and the discarded wrist brace. Jay locked in the Queen Slayer choke with the wrist brace uh, against Soho's throat for the additional pressure in the Queen Slayer chokehold. Soho sold it, and she looked great selling this for Anna Jay, and Anna Jay was the victor here as Ruby Soho tapped out. That's pretty much it. Rampage was uh, very mid, very mid, but Rampage, it felt good tonight, man. The show itself. Dynamite felt very good. It flowed nicely. And ramp. this was the best flowing Rampage that I've seen in months. So whatever is going on there, it sounds like, and we we talked about it. Legitimately, it was the fucking biggest gripe that we talked about on Wednesday last week. Show didn't flow good. I even said it on Twitter. I hope AEW has a better show that flows and is not a 1,000 miles an hour and looks like they, they did what they did on Dynamite, it flowed good. Rampage flowed good. It was just a good flowing show. Depending on what you think of Rampage or not, you like it, you don't like it, it flowed good. And that's all I can ask. It sounds like Tony Khan is listening to the fucking paying customer. Sounds like Tony Khan is listening to podcasts like this one and others in the community who probably said the same thing. Good. Good. We only want the best for the company. I've been doing this for way too long, man. I'm very eagle-eyed about this shit. I'm very particular about what I like and what I don't like and what I feel is best for the companies. I've been doing this way too long, man, to be fucking wrong. I am right nine times out of ten. And I don't mean to toot my own horn. Jesse gives his, uh, his opinion, and, and more than likely, he's right on most of the shit he talks about. We just feel good about the show when it's like that. Things need to be better. When it's boom, 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 rush, 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 I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I don't feel attached. I don't feel emotionally invested. I feel like, Jesus fucking Christ, can you slow it down? Slow it down. Allow things to breathe. That's when the show is best. Quality over quantity. I think Tony Khan did a fantastic job this week with Dynamite and Rampage. Guys, we are going to get into the Super Chats In just a second, I want to thank you so very much for making me number one in the community tonight with 2,700 plus in the OTS Beer Garden tonight. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. TikTok. Thank you for all the love on TikTok today, man. Unbelievable. Blew me away. And make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, on the homepage right now. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,100 plus likes. Can we try for 1,200 minimum? 1,200 minimum. So go and hit that thumbs up, man. Get those super chats in and get those memberships in, man. We're going members only on Sunday. Members only on Sunday, man. VIP only. So hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on OTS. Once again, sponsored by DraftKings. You guys see that pinned comment in the chat? Make sure you guys hit that link. Click that link. Use code JD from NY and win. Try and win. 
$25,000 play for free for the SummerSlam Prediction Challenge. Let's start at the top, man, with the first in Super Chat, and it's coming from Tony Brown with a $4.99 Super Chat. I saw meat tonight. Also, have you seen Sasha's identical twin? I have not. I didn't know Sasha Banks had an identical twin. If she does, what's her number? Send it over. Thank you, Tony Brown. Yes, there was meat tonight for sure, bro. We got Shotzi, right? We got Anna Jay. Oh, my goodness. Jamie Hayter tonight. For all you Layla Gray stands out there, the newest baddie in Jade's baddie stable. She got proposed to. She got engaged in in, in in the ring, in an indie event in Nashville tonight. So she's now officially off the market. That booty meat is off the market. So I apologize for all you Layla Gray stands out there. She's no longer available. Dylan Hinton with a 499 Super Chat. What's up, JD? Glad I can catch the stream. Just got home from a gig for my band. I'm a drummer for a local metal band. Evan War. If I pronounce that right, uh, if I pronounce it wrong, I'm sorry, bro. Keep up the great work. Dylan, I'm happy to hear that, man. Keeping that metal blood alive, bro. I used to play in a band with my brother, man. We were uh, pretty much the best metal band in the Bronx, if that says anything. I'm not really saying much, but we were definitely the best metal band in the Bronx, man. We were called Risen. R-I-Z-E-N. We were so fucking good, man. Very Metallica-esque, very Testament-esque, very Sepultura-esque. A lot of different influences there, man. Mixing that early 80s Bay Area thrash with the Swedish Gothenburg death metal style. Love it. Justin Buckner with the $2 Super Chat was at the Atlantis show. Awesome crowd. It, was, it wasn't bad tonight. It wasn't bad, uh, Justin. Still a very mid-Smackdown, but I'm not expecting much right now from Triple H. Paul Van Tassel with a $10 Super Chat. I can see Paul Heyman in executive positions on Raw and SmackDown after he gets done with Roman Reigns. I could absolutely see it as well, bro. I could absolutely see that as well for Paul Heyman. And I expect that from Paul Heyman, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Mike, did I play Lamours? Yes, we did. We played Lamours. We played uh, CBGBs before they closed down. I think they closed down. Our main place was in the Bronx called Rumors. Right next to PS14 in the Bronx, right off of uh, Tremont Avenue, where I used to go to school, man. I went to grade school at PS14. Jumped in. 1988-28 with a $5 super chat. I can see special pay-per-view sets coming back. Triple H loved doing that with the NXT shows. Hey, listen. If we get that, I'm all for it, man. Noel. He becomes a VIP, Noel. Thank you, Noel. 
fuck are you drinking tonight, bro? Hope to see you in the VIP section on Sunday. Hooligram with a $5 super chat. There's a viral video on TikTok of a guy pouring a bush light in a pint glass halfway and then filling the top half with Mountain Dew. Everyone says it's fire. Bro, first of all, I don't drink soda. If I did, I'd look like I was 20 pounds, 30 pounds heavier. And I don't drink shit like bush light. If you drink bush light, you may have a couple of screws loose up here. Or maybe I'm just a fucking lush, man, and I enjoy my fine whiskey and my fucking craft beer that nobody has ever heard of, man. I drink craft beer. I I drink a craft beer at a place like Peculiar Pub in New York City, man. One of my favorite spots to go to. I see people sitting down drinking a Budweiser. What the fuck are you doing in a bar with 500 bottles of craft beer you're drinking a Budweiser you can go down to the fucking shithole bar and go get I don't get it that sounds disgusting hologram current clock for the 499 super chat what if both men go down theory cashes in makes it a triple threat and just stands there to win while the referee counts to three it's like last man's that that's what I said earlier bro a possibility. I can see that being a very Triple H-esque ending. Average foodie with a 100 in, uh, I don't know what this is, pesos? What is this? American Emirates currency? I don't know. J.D., do you think Triple H and Tony Khan will do a forbidden door in the future? Yes, I do. Imagine AEW and WWE pay-per-view with dream matches, Omega vs. Roman, Edge vs. Christian, etc. I can see it. The forbidden door is only slightly open right now, bro. There will be a forbidden door in the WWE. Mark my words. I really do believe that. Elite Soldier with a two-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, Elite Soldier, man. Thank you so much, bro. Vince is gone. Johnny Ace is out of here. And to top it all, all off. I am now a member of the best VIP club in the IWC. Life is good. Thank you, Elite Soldier. Erasure with a 10 in Canadian Super Chat. If Michaels runs NXT while Hunter runs main roster, the door between NXT and the main roster would be more seamless than it's ever been. That is exciting. And Erasia, not only is it exciting, it's change. No longer do we have to worry about NXT talent being called up and buried because of Bruce and Vince McMahon. Hooligram on a five-dollar super chat. If Jeff Jarrett is slap nuts, then Vince must be bust nuts. That's all I got. I'll see myself out. OTS and nothing less. Cheers. Cheers, Hooligan. Danny Baker with a 999 Super Chat. What up, JD? As usual, the Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> and Charlotte Robot. 
It's hilarious. Finishing on my bottle of Knob Creek Single Barrel Reserve. Cheers. Have a good night, bro. Danny Baker, that sounds delicious, man. I actually need more Knob Creek in the bar downstairs. The Real Giannis for the $10 Super Chat. Thoughts on AW being mocked for all the in-ring botches? I really enjoy AW's product, but don't like it when a match is over-choreographed. And it's a spot fest. Also, MJF, what's the deal? The kid is amazing. What was an in-ring botch tonight, bro? I wasn't uh, I wasn't really paying attention to the botches, man. I think people are being overly critical. In, in-ring botches, just look at WWE's women's division on every fucking Monday and Friday, man. It's a fucking botch fest in there. These e-drones have no room to talk. And MJF, he'll be back when CM Punk is back full-time. There's no reason for MJF to be on TV when he cursed out the boss and the man that he was chasing for the title is injured. Dickens Dumont with a $5 super chat. JD, what up, brother? You were right, constantly. Triple H is going to change his entire company in a great way. One love. Got that good drink in me as well. I'm glad, Dickens. Glad to hear it, brother. Russell Wagner with a 10-month recommitment to the VIP club. JD, thank you for all the work that you do with the extras and the new VIP Sundays. Hope you read some of your emails again. If the email is sentimental enough, bro, I'll read it. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. Google Tanya Banks, a.k.a. Vivian Vernado. Let's see. Vivian Vernado. Bro, that's that can't be Sasha. That, that, that's that that Tanya Banks, dude. Who the fuck is this? Tanya Banks? That's not that's not her twin sister, is it? Bro, Tanya Banks is a fucking talk show host. Oh, that's Tyra Banks. Tanya Banks. I don't really, I don't know why I typed in Tanya Banks and I'm getting Tyra Banks. Vivian Vernado. I don't know, this is the only picture? Bro, that's not Sasha Banks' twin sister, bro, I'm sorry. That's Sasha Banks. That's got to be Photoshop, man. That's got to be Photoshop. That's not Sasha Banks, man. Well, that's not Sasha Banks' twin sister. Come on now. Thank you, Tony Brown. Nate Knight with a new membership. Nate. I hope to see you in the VIP club, brother. Thank you so much. Sunday. Lena Scorpio, 20. The $5 Super Chat. Trinity got added to the C2E2 autograph signing, along with Mercedes later on today for the next weekend. So they're both going to bank on that. And we'll see, man. Triple H is trying to bring both of them back. 
Triple H is trying to bring both of them back, man. Toxic Banana 99 with a 199 Super Jet. Did you see the Linda McMahon video on Twitter today? No. I did not. Dickens Dumont with a $2 Super Chat. This one is for OTS. And tell Jesse my tacos are better. Jesse, Dickens Dumont says his tacos are better, bro. I may have to give Dickens Dumont a taco truck outside the next venue. Over you, bro. I'm sorry. And Anthony Olivares with a $2 super chat. Anthony Olivares says, yo. Thank you, Anthony Olivares with the two in super chat. Guys, what a tremendous show we had tonight, man. 2,700 people. We're on our way to 1,200 likes minimum. I need 25 likes, guys. 25 likes for the 1,200 minimum. I know you guys can do it. I know you got it in you. I know I know you got it in you, man. Come on. The Real Giannis with a $5 Super Chat. I honestly can't wait for AEW and WWE go to head-to-head properly. NXT versus AEW all over again, but 1 million times better. Listen, man. Competition makes everything better. And I see you in the chat. Mac underscore KO. Dude, I've been watching for a year. Or more, man. You're the best. I swear we think about this stuff the same way. I'm always waiting to see what you thought, and you're always on point. Mac, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. We got some cool shit lined up, man, in the pipeline. I'll be announcing some cool shit in the next couple weeks. We got another new brand on board with Off The Script. Not only is Off The Script going to be on YouTube, but Off The Script is going to be partnering up with a brand new platform, man. Taking the brand to uh, different levels going into the new year, man. 2023 is going to be a big year. This year's this year's the best year ever so far. But I'm looking all right. I'm already, I, I already got LTB in my man. Long-term booking. Long-term booking. I appreciate you guys, man. Tomorrow night we'll be live for SummerSlam. Summer Scam. The beer garden's gonna be rocking and rolling, man. You gotta be there. Everybody else that's live, man, fuck them. Fuck them. Don't even bother. Nobody's gonna give it to you like me. Nobody looks as good as me. Nobody has the venue. Come on, man. Where are you gonna go? Where are you going to go, man? You're going to go watch Shaw. Uh, hey, you guys can go watch Shaw. Uh, whatever, 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 whatever you want to do, man. Go, go, go be bored somewhere else. Anyway. I'm about to hop on Destiny and get frustrated with this week's fucking Grandmaster Nightfall, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Can they make something a little easier? Anyway, guys, thank you for everything. Hit that thumbs up. Go check out DraftKings. Let me see the guitar emojis in the chat. VIPs, those Mustang emojis, and I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night for Summer Scam. Right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.